Welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, I'm going to be teaching you about designing for your client. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I I preach it, I repeat it, I say it over and over. And I feel like I'm constantly, you know, boring everyone with this um, tip, this piece of advice, but. As a designer, you need to design for your client, not for yourself. I'm going to give you a couple examples. I'm going to uh, talk about why we're talking about this this week. Um, because, you know, it's always something in the store. It's always something that happened. And these guys really are. You know, now I have seven actual full-time designers and a couple that are half and half. Um, but they're great guinea pigs because... It, it doesn't change. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter how many years of experience. These are things that will crop up. And I'm, I'm just trying to help you guys learn from mistakes of others so that you don't make them yourself, right? Do as I say, not as I do kind of a thing. But um, this one I've got nailed. And I really think this is why I've been successful over the years. So it kind of started with uh, David. I'm going to throw David under the bus. And he had this great potential client potential because I don't think he's going to be working with us, the client, not David. Um, so this gentleman was in gorgeous house, multimillion dollar house right in the lake here in, in Kirkland, Washington. It's beautiful. And we were all so excited and the guy's single and we're trying to set up the, the single designers here and it was just awesome. And so he came in to do that touch base appointment. And, and if you'll remember, that's sort of the, the appointment where you're making sure you're on the right track, making sure that what your client described at their first house call is what you had interpreted it, right? This is where we're, we have the same vision and he was here for quite a while and walking through the store and David, I saw, you know, getting catalogs and looking online and, um, I mean, it was well over an hour and a half working with the client here. And I could tell things weren't really going well. It seemed like there were, um, a couple hiccups and the guy, you know, I didn't hear any like, Oh, I love it. It was just kind of a, Hmm. Hmm. And then walking around. And so after we left, um, I asked him, so how'd it go? He said, Oh, I'm supposed to be picking out art for him. Art was his first priority. That was where he really wanted to focus his, his money. And he had a decent sized budget. He said, but all he wants is gray. And I see a pop of color because everything in his house is gray. It's gray, white, and black. Everything. He needs color. And I stepped back and looked at him and said, David, does the client need color? Or did you tell him that he should have color? Because there's a big difference. He thought, oh, well, he should. <laughs> what did the client ask for? You have no idea. Maybe the kid was, you know, put in a colored wallpaper box and poked with sticks as a kid. You don't know. You don't know why he likes neutrals, why he likes black, white, and gray. But that's his home. That's his place that he wants to go and relax at, that he wants to spend his time. And it's not about us. It's not about what we think is the best look, the best design. It's about helping your clients create the home of their dreams, of their images, the, the, the things that they've seen in magazines that they like. 
if you can tap into that, that's where the magic starts to happen. Another great example happened this week. Um, Stephanie, one of our newest designers, uh, we, we have a client we'd worked with for a few months. Um, she's waiting on upholstery, big surprise. And uh, it's someone that Kurt, our, a designer that um, has gone to work at an architectural firm, and she had, he had started with this client. She's lovely. And you could tell at, uh, you know, going to her house, and I finally went and saw her house, you can tell that she had a designer. Probably, I can tell by the colors in about 1992, 1993, because I remember those days of designing. And I knew the fabric that she had was pretty bold. He had shown me a picture of the fabric. And Kurt had gone through and helped her pick new paint colors. They picked um, flooring, carpeting, and he had picked one chair, one, one upholstery piece. And so Stephanie, the new designer, right, we were coming in to see the space and to kind of pick up where Kurt left off. And as she's walking us through her home, this again teaches you to bite your tongue and do not say anything positive or negative until you know what their response is going to be. Because the living room was turquoise, deep, beautiful, bold turquoise. And I almost said, oh, well, of course you're going to paint these walls. But nope, that was the new paint color. Um, her bedroom, beautiful lilac color of purple. But it didn't really match the bedding she had. And that's the new color. And I, I wasn't really sure where they were going with it. I didn't know what his plan had been for the space. But she said, isn't this purple beautiful? I just love it. And then you walk into her bathroom that is really turquoise, like even more turquoise than the downstairs turquoise. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kicking Stephanie like, shh, 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 we're good. We're good. It's great. Look how great it is. Cause she'd already said, I just love this color. So we're going back downstairs. Uh, we're looking at this fabric against the turquoise. I could see kind of where he's coming from, but I really thought in the space that it just felt like it needed more furniture. It felt like it needed a sofa. Right now she had these three older chairs that she'd had for quite a while. Again, probably 1992. The fabric was a matte lace, which is a double quilted fabric. It actually means two fabrics and they're kind of stitched together. So it gives it kind of a, like a quilted look, you know, sort of a puffy fabric. And it's a rich pink borderline salmon color with big graphic leaves that have turquoise and gold. And so this is definitely those early 90 colors. We did a lot of purple and turquoise and, and pink. And I knew it was going to be making a comeback because it's been about that long in the cycle of the way design trends go. So he was pulling out of that chair fabric for the turquoise because she loves the chairs. She wants to keep the chairs. And we knew that we wanted to add a few furniture pieces, right? And the window treatments were cream didn't really go with anything. So as we were walking through, she wanted our advice. She knew something was off. And I waited for her to tell me, right? I waited for her. I said, I know you love these chairs. Do you, do you have a lot of people over? Um, you know, does this layout really work for you? And she said, well, to be honest, this room has never really felt complete. It's never really felt warm and cozy. Whew. That was my opportunity and, and, and carefully, gracefully to say, you know, have you ever thought about putting a sofa in here? 
and keeping your two chairs. And then we have the new chair that's coming, but a sofa and a coffee table might help sort of tie things together. You know, people really forget about conversation groups. And right now you have these chairs that are kind of far, you know, far apart from each other and they're not really facing each other. So it would be hard to sit in here with your kids and your friends and, and have it feel warm. You don't really feel like you're talking to each other. And she thought, yeah, you know, you're right. So we're going to take measurements. We're going to come back and do the floor plan so that I can show you how the, I think we can fit, um, you know, a small, maybe a condo size sofa in here using your chairs. And then maybe we could change the fabric on the window treatments. And she said, yeah, those are old. I said, okay, Phew. Uh, maybe we change the fabric to something that ties that turquoise with the pink a little. Maybe it adds a little, um, you know, it's a color bridge. It's a fabric that kind of ties the things together. It's a great idea. I'd love to do that. We, uh, we went through some of her art that she already had and she has gorgeous art. I mean, she has, you know, original Chagall's and she has, um, Toby, I mean, just beautiful, beautiful art. And there's a lot of rich color in there. And so we were going through her art and I, I was pulling out some pieces that again, we could put in that family room and would tie it together and would warm things up and would, would have the colors all kind of blend. And she was all for that. It wasn't that she she didn't want a well-designed room. She just wanted to keep her chairs. So in letting her do that and not fighting her on it, you know, I think it's going to be a great space. Is it a space I'd put in my house? Probably not. Is it a look that I would put in someone that is boho? Never. <laughs> someone that's a minimalist, you know, modern? No way. That guy that wants all black and gray? No. But for her, it's perfect. She loves color. She wants warmth. She's, you know, she's got grandkids that come over. You could tell throughout her entire house, she has a little sense of whimsy. And I think that's great. And so as a designer, it's my job to embrace that, right? To, to take what she dreams about and what she envisions as her perfect space and to bring that to life, to, to make that a reality. So when you're in there and you're working with your clients, it's easy for us because, you know, as a designer and as someone who loves design and it's a natural thing, I know you walk into a room and you could just, you know, it's the first thing we do is kind of scan the room. I don't do it to be judgy. I just love furniture and I love design. And so I naturally will scan a room and, and, you know, I'll think to myself, oh, it'd be great if, you know, they kind of tuck this over here. And, but it's, I never, and I never have walked into someone's house and thought, oh, they should get rid of all of this color and just have white or they should get rid of all of this white and just have color because I, I've just learned that people are so different. Everyone's different, right? Their personality, their past, their, their future, their plans. You need to design for them. And I kind of think it's exciting. You know, if, if someone gives me something like those chairs, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to make that room come together and to look cohesive, you know, to look beautiful Along those lines, it's kind of what we talked about last week with the budget. It's not up to you to decide how much money they have to spend. You know, it, I know just, you know, you, because you're, you're good at interior design, because you have that eye, because you can walk into a space and just see space planning and see the, you know, a form and a function. It doesn't give you the all powerful rights to dictate what someone finds beautiful. It, it, it's part of what makes the world great is that we all 
find beauty in different things, you know, and, and all along those lines, there are certain, um, certain aspects that are kind of tricky. Art being one of the biggest art is so personal and only because you can show a thousand people the same painting and they will all have a different reaction to it. They'll all have a different impression. Uh, it's fun to listen, right? You watch the movies and stuff where they're talking about a piece of art and, oh, I can imagine the juxtaposition, you know, whatever. But it's it's personal. It'll make some people angry. It'll make other people sad. It'll make some people happy. It just depends on the person. Uh, other things that, that can, you know, fall into that same category, um, bedding. Bedding's tricky. Bedding's personal. Some people don't want pillows. Most designers love pillows. And on that client, Stephanie and I, we came back to the store and we thought in this new purple bedroom that we weren't really sure where the purple was coming from. Um, we said, okay, let's pull some bedding in that, that has a little bit of, of the purple. And Stephanie originally put you know, five pillows across the back. And then they'd also have shams and euros. I thought, yeah, but remember, she really had it simple in there. We, we talked about a couple shams that stay pretty, right? A couple shams that you, you know, put on a chair at night. But the rest of it, not everyone likes, you know, 80 throw pillows. Yeah, it's beautiful to layer and stack. But there have been marriages falling apart because of throw pillows, too many pillows seems frivolous to one person and colorful to the next, right? So bedding is something, you know, do they like thin? Do they want a, a coverlet? Do they want a duvet and duvet cover that's, you know, fluffy at the end? Do they want sleek, the sheets? And these are all selling opportunities. These are all places as a designer you can make money. I mean, you can really get detailed asking them these questions. You know, if you're doing the bedroom, don't just stop at window treatments and, you know, a new bed or a dresser. Talk about the bedding, talk about luxury sheets, talk about, you know, towels for the bathroom that coordinate with the color. Do you like bamboo towels? You know, do you use hand towels? Do you want washcloths? They're all ways to kind of upsell, right? And to add to your design, but you're asking them questions. It has to be about them. Um, what's another thing that's really personal? You know, it, it, TVs are personal. How high does a TV have to be? How far away does a TV have to be? How much privacy do you want? What's the, the, the surround sound going to be like? Do you, should you separate it if they have young kids and there's a playroom? Um, kitchens, obviously. It isn't just how it looks. How does someone function? If they're not cooks, if they eat out every night, meh, you don't really have to worry about function as much. But if they're cooks and you're not, that, that was another designer we had, um, she never cooked ever. Her husband did all the cooking. So when she tried to design her first kitchen, it was a real struggle. She could make it pretty, but she didn't know how a kitchen should function. But that is personal to someone who cooks a lot. And I cook a lot. I need to have the trash can near the dishwasher. I need to have, you know, drawers over here. I need to have enough walkway by the refrigerator so that my kids aren't bugging me while I, you know, it's all those little personal things, but it's another opportunity for you to walk through the space and to connect with them and to ask questions and to build that relationship that they understand you're designing for them. It's not just a big monument to yourself. The other thing that you see happens when you, when you don't listen and that's really what it comes down to is listening to your clients. 
and sincerely taking it to heart, taking notes. Can I take notes? Do you mind if I take some notes? I just want to make sure that I get every little detail and I don't miss anything. And you take the notes down. But if you're not listening and you're not giving them what they're really asking for, whether you like it or not, that's why I said I don't think that client is really our client anymore. We haven't heard back from him. I think he got, I think he could sense that um, David really wasn't thrilled with what he liked and kept pushing a little too hard to add color, add color. That's why it wasn't going so well. Uh, Karen just had a client and she's been trying all week to find a bench that would go with a dining table. They want a bench on one side. They don't have a lot of walkway, so they need something they can tuck underneath it. And she had picked three or four and the clients keep coming back and saying, nope, nope, nope. Well, they went shopping on their own. They looked online and they found a bench that I don't find very attractive. Karen didn't find very attractive, but it is a complete different style than the ones she was picking out. And you know, that's a problem. Now she's lost a sale. So the less you listen, your clients feel it. It's all part of it. It's all part of that being a designer and, and having those clients that love you and spread your name around. It doesn't matter that everyone they talk to has a different, different style, different aesthetic. You're going to make sure every one of those people is taken, is taken care of. Every one of those people loves their home. If they go see each other's houses, well, you know, it's another discussion, but as long as the client's happy, that's what's important. That feels really good as a designer. I love watching their eyes light up. I love having that reveal and the client comes in and they're crying and you know, that's their beautiful home. It's exactly how they envisioned it. That's what we work for. That's why we do this. We're making people's lives richer and we're making them happy and bringing joy you have to listen. You have to tap into their taste, their budget, their buying style, you know, what they feel comfortable with. Someone has to sit in it. They don't want to, to order from a catalog and there's no way around it. You have to find solutions. You're going to have to find a solution for that. Um, you know, if they're, if they're doing something that's dangerous, yeah, stop it. If they're putting their beautiful new television over a really hot fireplace and there's no mantle, anything to deflect the heat. Yeah, that's a problem. And again, like I tell my clients, I will give you exactly what you want, but I'm not going to let you make a mistake, right? The white sofa and they've got little kids. They'll hate you. They'll curse your name. But with everything else, you know, if, if I'm listening to them and I'm giving them a solution, you know, I know you want white, but I've got a performance fabric that's also got a texture. It's much more forgiving. Let me show you how well it cleans. You know, it cleans with bleach. This is going to be much easier to spot clean. I found a solution to the problem. I'm not just telling them they can't have what they want. You know, again, with, with bedding, coverlet, duvet, quilt, you know, do they want a platform bed? Do they want a box spring? Do they want a bed skirt? I mean, this is kind of fun because this, this client, we're going to do, you know, a bed skirt and some beautiful simple Euro shams and then her two decorative shams and one throw pillow in front. So it's not overwhelming her. Um, but as we walked through this house and really listened, we're now doing two chairs in a sitting area, a new table, new lighting, um, the all new bedding. We're hanging her art for her. 
Uh, but now we need a coffee table and a sofa for downstairs. So this was a client we thought was almost done. I thought that we just had to go in and, you know, tweak a few things here and there. But I don't think she felt listened to. And as we walked around, just asked questions, asked questions. Do you like this room? How do you feel about this room? You're finished with this room? Great. What is it you like about this room? What you know, All of those things. We got all of this other stuff out of her, all this other information. And now Stephanie has a great project to work on. It's going to be colorful. <laughs> we'll post pictures um, because I think at the end it's going to be gorgeous. We found the best window treatment fabric for Roman shades in that family room to tie those chairs together. Uh, and, and, and the client's going to love it. Just adore it. I know that as a new designer, and, and I'm really speaking to people who are new to this business, and, and yes, it's a younger generation, um, I think we've kind of, design has become cookie cutter in a lot of ways. Pottery Barn, again, you can look at, at a living room that was purchased from Pottery Barn, and you know where they purchased it. Restoration Hardware, you know, if they followed one of the catalog pages, you know, oh, that's Restoration Hardware. We're, we're becoming more conformist, right? I think a younger generation, they, they see Instagram and they see influencers and they want to emulate that. And what we're seeing is a bunch of cookie cutter. Every room is the same. Every room is, you know, millennial pink and cream or white and tan, lots of beige and gray is on its way out. And as a designer, that doesn't inspire me and it doesn't, uh, I mean, yes, I'm still making the client happy and they still get to walk in and they love their room. And that's part of the job. And I have done those rooms and I will continue to do them if people ask. But it's those clients that throw me for a loop. It's those clients that have the quirky, you know, some little detail, some piece that they inherited from their grandma that, you know, they just can't change. Karen's working with a client that in a completely neutral room, there's a red cabinet under their TV and it's bright red. It's kind of an Asian, beautiful little chest. Um, and she's having to design the room really around that because it's not going anywhere. And it'll look odd if everything's neutral and that one piece is just stuck there. So, you know, don't look at these clients that you sort of hate their style or you don't like their style. You know, you need to flip your mind, flip your, your, your whole outtake on it and look at it as a challenge as a designer. You get to tap into their aesthetic and what they think is beautiful. Which art piece would they love? Would they smile? That's what you need to design for. That's what you're designing for is the clients. Make them happy. We are a service industry. We are here to help people create the home of their dreams. Remember, I'm going to keep saying it now every week, but design for your clients. You will have an incredible business filled with repeat customers and word of mouth. You won't even have to worry about marketing. Uh, I want to give a few little shout outs. Karen um, is a superstar. She had her best month ever. And she has a paycheck that she's so excited about. It's the biggest paycheck she's ever had in her life. Um, and I'm proud to, to write it for her because she has worked her tail off this month, but it is, it's just been consistency. She's finally just sort of taking the system. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't buy off the, the path much. She does the first house call. She does a touch base. She does a presentation. She listens. She upsells a little because she's really listening and she does the whole complete room. Things they hadn't even thought of. Things they're not asking for, but it makes the room complete. She's really killing it. And we have had the best month we've ever had because of it. Uh, 
I'm really excited. It's a, it's a whole new turning point. Like I really think this is going to be the start of something fantastic. Uh, our new designers are trudging right along and working on projects and faster than anyone else has gotten up and running. So that's really exciting. Um, I know that Stephanie powered through the course, the videos <laughs> on my course and they're, she and Jacob are just, they're awesome. So happy to have them as part of our team right in the middle of the holiday season, you guys. So stay positive, stay jolly and happy designing. This is our season to make things beautiful. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcasts and Spotify, so stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.